passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. This is going to lead all of the national broadcast this week, Colin. This right here, say it. Brian Flores going to Miami. Let's go. I don't know that it moves the needle anywhere, but here's my question. Do we know what he does, A, and B, has he been worth it yet, Brian Flores? Because I can't answer question A, but question B, because I can't answer question A, I think no, he has not been worth it. The defense has been bad, and they have a couple of guys who are supposed to be geniuses calling the damn thing. I think, well, I can't answer that question because I don't know what he does. Yeah, I, I can answer a firm, but I'm not going to say he's been bad. Here's why. What if his duty this past week was to 
figure out a way to limit Tom Brady. I think we'd all agree that the Steelers figured out a way to limit Tom Brady without one of the best safeties in the game with a bunch of guys that were ragtag patchwork defensive backs. We always just typecast him and put him into the linebacker coach role. We know that's not just what he's doing. No. What if he was the guy that micro and hyper analyzed Brady film and he came up and they're not going to give away trade secrets. Of course and not. He, and he was the guy that came up with a scheme to, even if it was, Hey, we need to figure out a way to dare. I say, what if this is the book right now? Have Brady beat us. If he figured out a way to say, stop Leonard Fournette, we think Leonard Fournette would beat us before Brady did. So before I answer that question, I'd have to know his duties. And the the only entity in, on this earth that's more secretive than a football staff is the Kremlin. So that being said, like, we're never going to know. And that's fine. That's great. But I, I can't – I don't want to knock the guy before without knowing what he does. He very well made personalized game plans. Well – if he's personalizing game plans, then he didn't do a good enough job against New England or a good enough job against Cleveland or a good enough job, my God, what if his duties against the New evolved? York Jets. What's that? What if his duties have evolved as the season has gone on? That's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, I look at the totality of what the Steelers have done on defense so far, and I say they've stunk. And you brought this guy in. Regardless of the responsibility, I looked at them as a holy triumvirate of Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin and Brian Flores. And I said, regardless of circumstance, you got to be a top five defense in the league. And Mike Tomlin argued against that in the offseason saying, no, you'll know what it looks like. Okay. Well, the statistics tell me they're not a top five defense, not even close. And the eye test tells me they're not a top five defense. So whatever they brought him in for, he might, he might've done it against new England, right? Or not new England, uh, rather Tampa Bay, stupid Brady crap. He might have. I don't know that. But what he hasn't done is help the unit be better because they're worse than they were last year. Yeah, but you're cooking without a big ingredient, man. I hate to judge the dish if I can't have any, you know, garlic. And that's TJ Watt. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's a big deal for me. Um, I just I don't know what Flores has. Back to the storyline. That's very intriguing. Will this be played up or not? The national media, particularly NBC, it being the the big broadcast, right? Sunday night football. We waited all day for Sunday night is what they tell us. So Mm -hmm. that's going to happen. They control the narrative pregame and up into that. Does the NFL want to distance themselves so far away from Brian Flores in Miami that by extension, they tell NBC, "Don't, don't talk about that. And then NBC goes, okay. And they say, well, the trade-off is we'll feed you information like Al Michaels saying a couple weeks ago, uh, like national guys get, like they somebody in the office wants Daniel Snyder to sell. Like he didn't pick that out of the air. Right. Somebody gave that to him. Um, so that being said, I, I bet there's just a passing mention and there's not the story that it really deserves because of the ugliness in the NFL being in the epicenter of it. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up last week, actually, for the Thursday night game. And Al Michaels said something about the Dan Snyder situation. And so I think it'll I think it'll be mentioned. I'm not sure the lawsuit will be mentioned. I think that's the way it'll go. Brian Flores was the former Miami coach and yada, yada. Will they bring up the lawsuit? 
man, I don't think that they will. I think that they, I don't think that they're going to want to do that. Deshaun Watson stuff gets brought up. Why? Well, the league, the league wants that stuff brought up because they don't like Deshaun Watson. Um, Kyle Brandt went vile, right? Remember when he took out Deshaun Watson? Well, okay, he was on the NFL Network. I wonder why that got disseminated. I wonder if he knew it was okay to say that. I don't know that the league wants this scrutiny on it as it relates to the hiring and firing of black coaches. I would guess not. Yeah, I would think that they don't touch it much. They show them in the press box. They say there's Brian Flores. You know the story. Well, because we didn't see it this week with uh, with Todd Bowles and what he said in his press conference about race. Right. It just did, and it was. I thought a pretty hefty statement. Uh, I thought it was something big. I thought something that needed to be delivered to the masses. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting with Flores, though, with his duties that you ask. It, it's undeniable the Steelers' offense has, or excuse me, defense has not gotten better. But I, I don't want to. This is the one time I don't want to be knee jerk reaction guy. I, I gotta. It's tough to not have TJ Watt and get a real evaluation of him. If they get to three and five before the bye with TJ Watt, I give him like a 40% chance of making the playoffs. I mean, if if Watt comes back and is anywhere near Watt levels, yes. and they are three and five at the bye, I've looked at their schedule. I've combed it over. I have a magnet on my fridge. I give him a I give him a real puncher's chance. Now I don't well, think because there's so many division games, right? And you've got Cincinnati at home. You've got Cleveland at home. You're already one up on Cincinnati. You usually split with Baltimore, even when both teams are good. Well, even even when both teams are bad or one is bad and one is good, they're always three point games, right? Yeah, they're they're always tight. Ah. Uh. Because everybody had them pegged for one and seven, two and six at best. And I don't think they're good, Colin. I mean, I don't think this is a good Steelers team. But you're right. I had them at one and seven. And at one and seven, okay, season's done. I I didn't think that I would allow one game to change my mind this much. And it hasn't. But I'll let two games change my mind. You beat Tom Brady. And then you go on the road. Because this team, they just showed us they could handle failure and they could handle getting punched in the mouth and then bounce back from what was an embarrassing performance against Buffalo. What they need to show me is that they can handle success. And if they do that and they get T.J. Watt back, now all of a sudden the picture that they wanted to paint us all offseason of how they were going to win football games, it comes back into focus a little bit. One game hasn't changed my mind. I don't think the Steelers are very good, but there's something that I can't stop paying attention to over the past 24 hours. Why did Chase Claypool decide to have a resurrection? That's why one player might change my mind a little bit. He was left for dead. He was done. He was the guy that you circle from an attitude standpoint and all of that that was like, if they're going to pack it in, this dude's packing it in. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he came to play, which, again, one game doesn't change my mind. One player really doesn't even. But if Chase Claypool can perform even at half that level – they become scary, even if other guys don't have good games. I, I don't know why Chase Claypool decided to ramp it up. It changes the whole dynamic of the offense, no matter who the quarterback is, and even if they can't run the football. Yeah, you're dead right about that. And I was pleasantly surprised, and I've crushed Matt Canada a lot, as we all have, about the way that he utilized Chase Claypool to his strengths. They've been too, I think concerned with yeah they'll they'll run a jet sweep to him every now and again but they've been too concerned with just trying to chuck the ball to him deep down the field 
Right. Let the guy run the route tree. Let him run him from the slot, and I think you can have a lot of success with Chase Claypool. One funny thing before we wrap up. Did you see on that huge catch Claypool made over the middle of the field? I saw a still shot of this going around Twitter. Levante David was trying to call timeout, and Chase Claypool's blowing past him as he's calling timeout. It's wonderful. Even Robert Spillane would be in better coverage than Levante David. He's a great player. Big move. I liked it. I thought the only thing that would have made it better is if Claypool caught it and spiked it like Plex. Oh, yeah. I remember one time Plex bit his tongue, and uh, Heinz Ward, I thought, almost threw up on the field. Didn't look good. Ooh, Colin. Somebody threw up on the field. This, oh, it was the guy in the Tennessee game. Tennessee. Did you see that? He just kept I, it going. I believe it was the left tackle who uh, hails from West Virginia that Dana Holgerson couldn't keep in state. Great job, Dana. We'll wrap it up on that. Uh-huh. We'll have a preview of the Steelers and the Dolphins on Friday. If the Steelers win, they're three and four. And maybe, I guess it can't be in first place in the AFC North, but they could be no worse than a game back. Goodbye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Mike Tomlin, Steelers now 2-4 and four after the 1-4 and four start. That's what happens when you win the game, and they did on Sunday. And I said it on the pregame show, Colin, that Mike Tomlin leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to postseason success. He leaves a lot to be desired when you consider his clock management, his inability to win challenges. There are a lot of things Mike Tomlin's not great at. But the one thing he is... He never loses a team. I think he's a tremendous leader, and I think he can rally the troops. The last four times the Steelers have lost by 20 or more points, next week they've won the game. Uh, we've seen the Steelers start 2-6 and six before and finish 8-8. Eight and eight. We saw him 0-3 and 1-4 and and with Duck Hodges. So for all of the things that Mike Tomlin doesn't do well, I will say, after a bad start, there's not a lot of motivators in the league I'd rather have than Mike Tomlin. Well, you say he doesn't lose a team, and I agree with you. And evidence could be that story that came out today. Let's say it's 100% true. And let's say there was a borderline fistfighter uh, dust-up in the locker room. You have a guy who is your big money receiver you decided, or at least middle money receiver that you gave money to. 
you have the guy in which you decided to play at quarterback because you thought you needed that veteran guy the first few games of the season. And caught in the vortex of all this is the rookie that everybody knows all your hopes and dreams are built on. And let's have this scene unfold in the Steelers locker room. One guy steps to another. The other guy says, whatever, shut your mouth. You drop the ball. And the other guy's just standing there going, wow, this might be my chance. To be able to handle those three <laughs> dynamics Great point. is unbelievable if you really think about it. And to not be able to tell the guy running the clock, hey, put like five more minutes on the clock. Because if you really think about it, and then they had to just come out. They kind of came out pretty hot in that second half against the Jets, or at least with an expeditious way in which they had it. They went for it on a sneak on fourth down. The stadium was wild. So you use that as a microcosm of his, of his personnel management, and I think it's really good. You outline the things he needs to get better at, but he never has people just totally go blank on him. Case in point, one more thing, is you, he might need Mason Rudolph this week. And that guy very easily could have gone in the jar and gone in the tank and said, F this. Uh, yeah, I want you. And this guy's publicly as close to saying that he wanted traded as, as he did in the, in the um, in training camp. But we all know he, his agent wanted him traded if they could find the right trade partner. He's on board. He's ready to go. And he doesn't – he could have forced his way out and said, I'll just go be the backup somewhere else. Lateral move. Yeah, it's a great point. And Mike Tomlin – he could have said that he did not consider putting Mitch Trubisky in against the Buffalo Bills because you could try to pump up your future franchise quarterback, and Kenny Pickett, and say, no, we're going with Kenny, 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 Kenny. No, Mike Tomlin said, yeah, we consider playing Mitch Trubisky in this game. And the more I think about it, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But if he didn't and he said he did, you're pumping the tires of Mitch. And if he did and he said he did, well, he's still pumping the tires of Mitch. So he had Trubisky – believing in himself coming into this game. He hasn't lost Mason Rudolph. And I thought there was a brewing feud between the offense and the offensive coordinator early, which still might be going on. And at least early in the season, I thought the defense in the offense could have been at odds because of the defense wearing down and the offense doing absolutely nothing. And so the team is right here. And the more I think about Mike Tomlin, man, we've talked about the postseason failures and they are right. real. That is legit. You cannot, I think, sweep any of that under the rug. But Mike Tomlin is a wonderful regular season coach. I mean, there is something to be said. Look, listen, he's got to own a one and four start too, right? When you start two and six, when you start zero and three, you got to own that too. But there is something to be said. Bad starts be damned. We're going to be there at the end. And yeah. I can't believe they might be there at the bye week the way this thing started was looking early. I'm with you. I do think, though, of all the qualities and all the parts of his job as a football coach, the thing he does worst is coach football at this point. Mm. You know, all the other stuff is probably his strong suit. The in-game stuff is really it's it's at times almost insurmountable. The and end I, of the first half was dreadful on Sunday. I'm just surprised he I'm not surprised he hasn't gotten better. I, I because people are setting their ways, people are what they are and people maybe from a, a way that they look at the game, that's their decision-making process. I am stunned he hasn't had a steadfast lieutenant starting about a decade ago. Even somebody that wasn't going to rise through the ranks or somebody that wasn't going to try to be an assistant coach. Just a an old standby bench coach, if you will, that says, 
it, 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 maybe it's hubris. Maybe it's being too prideful. Just, hey, help me out here. Like, I, I need a hand at this situation and this situation. A consultant. You know, Denver, they're in a disarray with this scrub coach, right? But that guy two weeks in was like, I, I got I to gotta handle this better. And in Nathaniel Hackett hired somebody to help him out. Just yep. do that. I, yeah, and I think most guys are afraid that it's going to look bad. And Hackett said, listen – I, I, I am man enough to admit when I need a little something-something here. Bill Belichick had that creepy guy with the hood that they locked up downstairs for a decade and a half. Uh, I don't know that he helped in-game, but he certainly helped analytically leading up to the game, which helps you make decisions in-game. It's always been lacking for Tomlin, and I think we'd be ridiculous if we said it was going to get any better at this point. It's not going to get any better at this point because he is who he is. That much we know. Coming up next. Is this a revenge game? Mm, I'll explain. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City. With your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. This is going to lead all of the national broadcast this week, Colin. This right here. Say it. Brian Flores going to Miami. Let's go. I don't know that it moves the needle anywhere, but here's my question. Do we know what he does, A, and B, has he been worth it yet, Brian Flores? Because I can't answer question A, but question B Because I can't answer question A, I think, no, he has not been worth it. The defense has been bad, and they have a couple of guys who are supposed to be geniuses calling the damn thing. I think, well, I can't answer that question because I don't know what he does. Yeah. I I can answer a firm, but I'm not going to say he's been bad. Here's why. What if his duty this past week was to figure out a way to limit Tom Brady? I think we'd all agree that the Steelers figured out a way to limit Tom Brady without one of the best safeties in the game with a bunch of guys that were ragtag patchwork defensive backs. We always just typecast him and put him into the linebacker coach role. We know that's not just what he's doing. What if he was the guy that micro and hyper analyzed Brady film and he came up and they're not going to give away trade secrets. Of course not. And he was the guy that came up with a scheme to, even if it was, Hey, we need to figure out a way to, dare I say, what if this is the book right now? Have Brady beat us. If he figured out a way to say, stop Leonard Fournette, we think Leonard Fournette would beat us before Brady did. So before I answer that question, I'd have to know his duties. And the the only entity in on this earth that's more secretive than a football staff is the Kremlin. So that being said, like, we're never going to know. And that's fine. That's great. But... I, I can't – I don't want to knock the guy before without knowing what he does. He very well made personalized game plans. Well, if he's personalizing game plans, then he didn't do a good enough job against New England or a good enough job against Cleveland or a good enough job, my God, what if his duties against the New evolved? York Jets. What's that? What if his duties have evolved as the season has gone on? That's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, I look at the totality of what the Steelers have done on defense so far, and I say they've stunk. And you brought this guy in, 
regardless of the responsibility, I looked at them as this holy triumvirate of Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin and Brian Flores. And I said, regardless of circumstance, you got to be a top five defense in the league. And Mike Tomlin argued against that in the offseason saying, no, you'll know what it looks like. Okay. Well, the statistics tell me they're not a top five defense, not even close. And the eye test tells me they're not a top five defense. So whatever they brought him in for, he might he might have done it against New England, right? Or not New England, uh, rather Tampa Bay. Stupid right. Brady crap. He might have. I don't know that. But what he hasn't done is help the unit be better because they're worse than they were last year. Yeah, but you're cooking without a big ingredient, man. I hate to judge the dish if I can't have any, you know, garlic and that's TJ Watt. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal for me. Um, I just, I don't know what Flores has uh, back to the storyline. That's very intriguing. Will this be played up or not? The national media, particularly NBC, it being the, the big broadcast, right? Sunday night football. We waited all day for Sunday night is what they tell us. So mm-hmm. that's going to happen. They control the narrative pregame up into that. Does the NFL want to distance themselves so far away from Brian Flores in Miami that by extension, they tell NBC, don't, don't talk about that. And then NBC goes, okay. And they say, well, the trade-off is we'll feed you information like Al Michaels saying a couple weeks ago, uh, like national guys get – like they somebody in the office wants Daniel Snyder to sell. Like he didn't pick that out of the air. Right. Somebody gave that to him. Um, so that being said, I I bet there's just a passing mention and there's not the story that it really deserves because of the ugliness in the NFL being in the epicenter of it. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up last week, actually, for the Thursday night game. And Al Michaels said something about the Dan Snyder situation. And so I think it'll I think it'll be mentioned. I'm not sure the lawsuit will be mentioned. I think that's the way it'll go. Brian Flores was the former Miami coach and yada, yada. Will they bring up the lawsuit? Man, I don't think that they will. I think that they I don't think that they're going to want to do that. Deshaun Watson stuff gets brought up. Why? Well, the league, the league wants that stuff brought up because they don't like Deshaun Watson. Um, Kyle Brandt went vile, right? Remember when he took out Deshaun Watson? Well, okay, he was on the NFL Network. I wonder why that got disseminated. I wonder if he knew it was okay to say that. I don't know that the league wants this scrutiny on it as it relates to the hiring and firing of black coaches. I would guess not. Yeah, I would think that they don't touch it much. They show him in the press box. They say there's Brian Flores. You know the story. Well, because we didn't see it this week with uh, with Todd Bowles and what he said in his press conference about race. Right. It just did, and it was I thought a pretty hefty statement. Uh, I thought it was something big. I thought something that needed to be delivered to the masses. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting with Flores though, with his duties that you ask. I, and it's undeniable the Steelers' offense has – or, excuse me, defense has not gotten better. But I, I don't want to – this is the one time I don't want to be a knee-jerk reaction guy. I, I got to – it's tough to not have T.J. Watt and get a real evaluation of him. If they get to three and five before the bye with T.J. Watt, I give him like a 40% chance of making the playoffs. I mean, if, if Watt comes back and is anywhere near Watt levels – Yes. And they are three and five at the bye. I've looked at their schedule. I've combed it over. I have a magnet on my fridge. 
I give him a I give him a real puncher's chance. Now I don't well, think because there's be so many division games, right? And you've got Cincinnati at home. You've got Cleveland at home. You're already one up on Cincinnati. You usually split with Baltimore, even when both teams are good. Well, even even when both teams are bad or one is bad and one is good, they're always three point games. Right? Yeah, they're they're always tight. Ah, uh, because everybody had them pegged for one and seven, two and six at best. And I don't think they're good, Colin. I mean, no. I don't think this is a good Steelers team. But you're right. I had them at one and seven, and at one and seven, okay, season's done. I, I didn't think that I would allow one game to change my mind this much, and it hasn't. But I'll let two games change my mind. You beat Tom Brady, and then you go on the road. Because this team, they just showed us they could handle failure, and they could handle getting punched in the mouth and then bounce back from what was an embarrassing performance against Buffalo. What they need to show me is that they can handle success. And if they do that and they get T.J. Watt back, now all of a sudden the picture that they wanted to paint us all offseason of how they were going to win football games, it comes back into focus a little bit. One game hasn't changed my mind. I don't think the Steelers are very good, but there's something that I can't stop paying attention to over the past 24 hours. Why did Chase Claypool decide to have a resurrection? That's why one player might change my mind a little bit. He was left for dead. He was done. He was the guy that you circle from an attitude standpoint and all of that that was like, if they're going to pack it in, this dude's packing it in. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he came to play, which, again, one game doesn't change my mind. One player really doesn't even. But if Chase Claypool can perform even at half that level, they become scary, even if other guys don't have good games. I, I don't know why Chase Claypool decided to ramp it up, it changes the whole dynamic of the offense, no matter who the quarterback is, and even if they can't run the football. Yeah, you're dead right about that. And I was pleasantly surprised, and I've crushed Matt Canada a lot, as we all have, about the way that he utilized Chase Claypool to his strengths. They've been too, I think, concerned with, yeah, they'll they'll run a jet sweep to him every now and again, but they've been too concerned with just trying to chuck the ball to him deep down the field. Right. Let the guy run the route tree. Let him run him from the slot, and I think you can have a lot of success with Chase Claypool. One funny thing before we wrap up. Did you see on that huge catch Claypool made over the middle of the field? I saw a still shot of this going around Twitter. Levante David was trying to call timeout, and Chase Claypool's blowing past him as he's calling timeout. It's wonderful. Even Robert Spillane would be in better coverage than Levante David. He's a great player. Big move. I liked it. I thought the only thing that would have made it better is if Claypool caught it and spiked it like Plex. Oh, yeah. I remember one time Plex bit his tongue, and uh, Heinz Ward, I thought, almost threw up on the field. Didn't look good. Colin. Somebody threw up on the field. Oh, it was the guy in the Tennessee game. Tennessee. Did you see that? He just kept it going. I believe it was the left tackle who uh, hails from West Virginia that Dana Holgerson couldn't keep in state. Great job, Dana. We'll wrap it up on that. Uh We'll have a preview of the Steelers and the Dolphins on Friday. If the Steelers win, they're three and four. And maybe, I guess they can't be in first place in the AFC North, but they could be no worse than a game back. Goodbye.